Yappin' Fries Movie Podcast. I'm Gavin. I'm Ian. And as per usual, we're going to be hitting you up with all of the latest news coming straight out of Hollywood. And then we got a few reviews for you. I'm going to be reviewing Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps. I'll be reviewing the latest Will Ferrell um, comedy. Uh, step, not Step Brothers. <laughs> the other guys. <laughs> the other guys. <laughs> I saw half of Step Brothers the other day. It stuck in my mind. <laughs> and the other guys didn't. <laughs> It was alright. It's been a while since the last cast, so you know, I was ready for the cast. It's been a week. All right. Um, if you want to email us in with any questions, queries, complaints, um, we can get us at podcast at mcyappenfries.com. That's podcast at mcyappenfries.com. Drop us a line. Give us your thoughts. Just starting off with movie news. What so, do you got? Well, did you read the thing about James McAvoy? I think I did, yeah. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, Matthew Vaughn, the director of Kick-Ass, Stardust, Lair Cake, is directing X-Men First Class, going to be produced by Brian Singer. Which we are now officially very excited after seeing the pictures from last week. Yep, yeah, uh, a couple of weeks ago there were some pictures on Any Cool News and also a few other websites showing uh, how Emma Frost is going to look, played yeah. by January Jones, looks awesome. Looks Bond. Yeah, looks Bond. Looks totally Bond, mate. Which, uh, goes, which connects back to what Brian Singer was saying in, in his interview where he was saying that uh, it's going to be a pure piece set in the 60s, which makes a lot of sense in regards to the political climate and what uh, Professor X stands for and what um, Magneto stands for. And it's a trippy choice. It's going to be cool to pull it off. Yeah. But the uh, latest news is McAvoy was talking about how he's going to portray Professor X. And one of the things that you know really, never really comes true, because Professor X looks quite youthful. It looks like sprightly yeah. in the comic book. Yeah. And yeah. Patrick Stewart's Captain Picard. He's ageless. Yeah. I mean, even when they did the... Uh, the uh, the young the rubber faces, it, like, Jesus even when they Christ, did that it, was horrifying. It was horrible in uh, in X Men Origins. But their faces once it kept getting off them. It was horrible in Wolverine, but it wasn't that bad in the opening sequence for uh, the Last Stand. No, it looked like someone had taken their faces and armed it, it didn't look so bad. I mean, especially with Ian McKellen, they really got it right because I've been watching Ian McKellen since I was a kid. I remember watching. You know, every crater and pore. I, I I've, I've studied that man's face. Uh, you know, like it's a fucking exam. You know, but uh, no, I remember when I was. Probably about nine or ten, I watched this um, television production of uh, The Scarlet Pimpernel, which had uh, Anthony Andrews as uh, The Scarlet Pimpernel. Do you remember mm. Anthony Andrews? Vaguely. Ivanhoe? Oh, no. Remember the Holcroft Covenant? No. Remember that shit? <laughs> and, uh, You're Ian, ridiculous, you know that. <laughs> and, Ian, and Ian McKellen was the, uh, the villain. Uh-huh. And, and when I saw The Last Stand, it kind of reminded me of him oh, from really? that. So they actually got it pretty right. But going back to what you're saying about Patrick Stewart kind of being ageless, is that even with that. Even with the young, the young age makeup, he, he still looks the same. Yeah. Still Captain Picard, still pulling in a jumper. Yeah. Picard maneuver. Um, but Did they're saying ever? here that I mean, they're saying here that they're not going it, to. It's a reboot. It's a prequel. But he may end up like Patrick Stewart near the end. But he's not going to mimic him, basically. Well, I mean, he 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 basically said that the whole point of sort of when you reboot something, when you are, when you're aware of how that character ended up, you almost yeah. got no choice yeah. but to kind of end, end up how that's played. It'd be interesting to see if they do like a like a, like an X Men babies, but just a Wolverine the X babies, but just like if they just do a Wolverine standalone story, <laughs> which like how old that young kid? <laughs> no. Anyway, that's, yeah, that's completely off topic. 
it's completely off topic. But speaking of Magneto, which I don't have my notes, so you can't steal the story. Yeah. Um, Magneto was uh, when the Pope visited England this week. Did you see the picture of Magneto? No. Basically, the Pope was visiting England, and as we all know, there's a lot of uh, controversy with the Catholic Church at the moment because they, you know, totally seem to condone kitty fucking. And um, if you get caught, you get moved. Which you know, fuck, you know. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, you go to Florida. Absolutely, go to Disneyland. <laughs> Not the best place to send you. Feel some oranges. <laughs> <laughs> but um, a couple of people, a lot of people marched out to say, "Get the fuck out of here." Mm-hmm. One of whom was uh, Sir Ian McKellen, Excellent. and he was wearing a red T-shirt with red black text on it, and he says. I'm Gandalf. I'm Magneto. Get over it. <laughs> Jesus, really? So there's a whole lot of gay rights people out for it. I mean, he's massively super gay. No, oh, absolutely. And he's awesome with it. And he's incredibly well hung. Yeah. He is. Hmm. I, saw, I, I saw him like fifth row from the front, which is, uh, I think, King Lear. Was it slapping you in the face? It was, uh, it came close. <laughs> it was like, you know, I mean, the 3D was better in a lot of, mo- a lot of movies, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you could almost feel it against your cheek. <laughs> Ian McKellen's cock in 3D. <laughs> Still haven't seen Jerry McConnell's cock getting eaten in 3D. Coming soon to a cinema in San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a little bit of casting news this week. Uh, the Hellraiser has a new pinhead. Oh yeah. So Dimension Films have made an announcement that they're going to make a, a new Hell, a new Hell, a Hellraiser. Yeah. I, uh, Doug Bradley is the previous one. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. So I, I'm sure they'll get him in somehow. But uh, Stephen Smith Collins, who no one's heard of, he was in the Darwin Awards with David Arquette a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm, Never no, didn't see that. And also, where's my stuff? And come fly with me nude. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I gotta say. It's a hell of a CV. <laughs> Somehow I don't think this guy's very expensive. <laughs> yeah, so Doug Bradley was not apparently not at all interested in reprising a signature iconic role from the Clyde Barker original seven times subsequently as a creepily elegant, somewhat pierced <laughs> leader of the Cenobites. Which is a pity. Uh, the film also stars Nick Eversman from Vampire Suck and Jay Gillespie from uh, 2001 Maniacs mm-hmm. as Stephen Nico backpackers in Mexico looking for dodgy new experiences and Nat stumbling upon the famous Hellraiser puzzle box it sounds terrible yeah it sounds god awful I mean I'm getting subtle flavors of Alien vs. Predator just, just, just a little bit you know yeah. I mean it's like I don't know this is one movie I'd really like to see just stay as it is yeah. I, I really loved the first one the first one was fucked up yeah. You know, but I was amazed at actually how far back Clive Barker and Doug Bradley go. Yeah. Uh, because uh, a lot, quite a long time ago, I, I, I directed a production of uh, Frankenstein of Love, which was an old play that um, Clive Barker wrote. Really? Yes. And uh, uh, in the compilation of the book that I bought, there was a whole bunch of other plays uh, that Clive Barker had written in there. And they had the cast list of, uh, the, the t- of the first times that those plays were staged and Doug Bradley was in a few of them yeah. so, and, and this book was old yeah, yeah. like compared to Hell- I mean like it was years before Hell when did uh, Clyde Barker fit in his play stuff with his book stuff well I mean that's how he started his background is in theatre I mean he's written um, theatre books yeah. you know, he's written like uh, books on focusing on different kinds of theatre games and stuff like that hmm. so he's pretty active in it and, and he's one of the only um, playwrights I can think of that uh, I mean living playwrights that let's Let's you do it for free. Yeah, you don't need to pay any. You, you don't. Need, you don't need to pay any royalties or anything. And I thought that was kind of cool. It's an alright play, though. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Has its moments, yeah, <laughs> but no, but nothing more than moments. Nah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the thing I saw in Empire this week, actually, um, which is interesting from a horror genre point of view, Alan Tudyk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's Blood and Earl versus Evil. Uh huh. <laughs> 
I don't you know, Alan, what is this? It's a horror movie. I mean, Alan Tudyk, I just like him. I'll watch him in anything. Yeah, he's pretty fucking funny. For those of you who don't know, Alan Tudyk is uh, he was Wash in Firefly Serenity. Yeah, he, he was, was in. He was also Sunny in iRobot. Yeah, and you could see him in the Sunny. Yeah, you could. You could. No, that was a great performance, actually. Yeah. I mean, his performance. Kind Gollum, of, Gollum style. Yeah, Mo- mocap. Yeah, they used the same thing. This was after Gollum, though, wasn't mm. it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Fucking black high tops. <laughs> but um. So this movie apparently is the I whole, bought those. Yeah, did you, you bought the Will Smith fucking Converse I, black guys, the black leather ones. I totally. As soon as he, as, as soon as he showed them, is like they're, they're vintage. I'm like, they do them in leather. That was my first thought. I was like, because I love Converse. Did you get them in leather? I got them in leather. Did you wear them with the suit? No. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> I will only go so far. <laughs> Well, no, what? I'm a complete fucking whore when it comes to uh, I'm a complete mar- I buy into all kinds of marketing when it comes to doing shoes. Oh really? Yeah. I remember like even when Doogie when, when Doogie Hauser was on. You and, do have Tron shoes. Yeah, I do have Tron <laughs> shoes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although I am I surprised myself when I draw the line at Star Wars shoes. I, t- I took a look at them and I'm like when I first heard about them I was like yeah awesome. The Millennium Falcon ones are nice because they're subtle because you don't really can't, you can't really tell it's a YT one yeah. hundred. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> there's but one or two. There's one or two stars that are quite subtle, and there's a, there's a cool, just a I don't like the Darth t-shirt. Vader one. The Darth Vader oh, one's yeah, like, yeah. oh, that's like the Tie Fighter one's quite cool as well. It just has a little bits of the logos and stuff. Yeah. Like that. It was quite nice. But like getting back to like when I watched Doogie Howser as a kid, and when when he was getting dressed to go to the prom, he was wearing a black tux, and then he wore the the black and white Nike Air Force high tops <laughs> with the fucking Velcro on the top. I was like, I must have that. <laughs> but. Alas, I the the white and red Nike Air Force. Huge tongues, huge tongues, tongues to your knees. You know they're re-releasing all this shit. Yeah, I know. I gotta stay away from that. I I, I walk past these shops and I'm like, you son of a bitch. I no longer (laughs) wear skinny jeans at the ankle. I'm all into boot cut. That won't work. Did you? Look, won't work. Did you ever wear skinny jeans? Yeah, like well, but I didn't know any better. (laughs) Not skinny jeans, but like you know, they were like 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 mutt rock type of skinny jeans, like 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 mutt rock, like the Malay rockers. No, no, no. no, 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 no those are skinny all the way down. These are just like, you know, they don't flare. Men wearing pants so tight you can tell what religion they are. It's awesome. You can see their appendix scar from inside. Oh, <laughs> shit! Ah! Oh, Wilhelm scream. Oh, still loving you! <laughs> but this little, this little flick quite, sounds quite interesting. Bud and Earl versus Evil. I think it's Bud and Earl. I'm sorry if I got that wrong. But uh, it was in a splasher or slasher section that they're doing in Empire this month. Mm-hmm. And apparently this is like a slasher flick with the teenagers wandering through the woods. And they think that these two rednecks are out to kill them. But the two rednecks aren't out to kill them. They just ha- keep happening into these situations. And they're actually trying to save the backpackers. But the backpackers think they're like fucking Jason and Freddy. And who else is in it other than... I don't know who the other guy is, and I'm not going to run in and get the magazine. All right, okay, fine. But maybe later. <laughs> but it's Alan Tudyk. Fuck it, he's awesome. No, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Alan Tudyk was... Uh, he played the James Marsden role in the uh, the white version of Death in the Funeral. Oh, so he's freaking out naked on the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Shit. <laughs> Wash's death was actually... It's really, like, took the wind out of me. Sorry for those. Watch is not dead. Watch is not. He survived. <laughs> Sorry for those of you who haven't seen the movie. <laughs> that really, oh, that really, oh, that really fucked me up. The power just went, but we're still recording. Uh, excuse me. Check, check your fucking check, check circuit breaker, man. This hasn't happened since we got hit by lightning. Yeah. The last time we experienced a power cut of this uh, this magnitude, it was when uh, we got hit by lightning and the power went out. It was insane, and we've. No, I think that was, that was after you'd been shouting at the the, the, the helicopter, the right. fucking helicopter or something. Oh god, no, no, god, no! Ah! 
We're back at full power, but I'm probably going to have to buy a new laptop because the last time this happened, it fried the fucking battery. <laughs> <laughs> so we better make this podcast count. <laughs> Batteries not included. <laughs> oh shit, look, there's a cute little robot. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, have you ever read Ender's Game? Um, I tried, and I didn't. Really? And I didn't stop because it wasn't good. It was just one of those things where something happened. I can't remember what, and I put it down. And you never picked it back up again. Well, and then I moved and I lost it. Oh, right. And then I just never got around to reading it again. I but thought you were going to say you were distracted by a shiny object. Huh? What? <laughs> no, Orson Scott. It's a very good book. I mean, I've read it up to Xenocide, the uh, explosive conclusion to the story but um, <laughs> but Ender's Game apparently it, Gavin did, did, it, did it end with an explosion of some kind the book cover had an explosion on it yeah it was no, Xenocide as in the killing of an alien race Xenocide yeah <laughs> um, but Ender's Game is a series of books by Orson Scott Card and there's a great twist in it I'm surprised I'm Night Shyamalan is not did you read Orson Scott Card's run on Ultimate uh, Iron Man bit of it that was pretty cool. I mean, like, that's what was like Tony Stark, Kid Genius. Yeah, no, I didn't see that. I, I heard of it, but I didn't really actually get into the comics. I bought the comics, but um, Ender's Game is a great story. But like they're, they're recruiting kids and they're for battle school, which is basically to do three D giant fucking danger room kind of mm-hmm. commanding massive uh, forces mm-hmm. to combat the alien threat. Right, and it's all about like they're fucking. I think the kids are like eight or ten. Which is one of the hardest parts about making this movie is how because the, the kids can only work for so many hours a day. Yeah. Um, and also they get tired and they're kids and even if you've seen Avatar The Last Airbender can testify yeah, yeah, to how yeah. good or bad kids can be yeah. unless they cast class Chloe Moretz as the fucking ender <laughs> well plus all of the uh, really good child actors that we know are all grown up now yeah it's time for Gremlins 2 the new batch <laughs> but uh, Gavin Hood has been now tipped to direct this so he directed Tootsie and X-Men Origins he also directed uh, Rendition and he started in Stargate as Anubis <laughs> I did not know that I didn't know that. I was looking up with that I thought I had the wrong guy in IMDB it's like you're in Stargate awesome but um, this is going to be a hard movie to make so apparently they're starting off on this now um, but it, it, it could be cool but it is kind of hard I mean you're going to have people playing with 3D interfaces bat, you know controlling battles mm-hmm. and it's a little bit like uh, M- M- Evangelion. What? Evangelion. Evangelion. Yeah, but they're not. They're not even directly driving the suits. Oh right. So they're like, it's like there's alien, there's the spaceships off somewhere else, and they issue the commands, and they have all these kids battling against each other, and all the best of their different regions on Earth and stuff like that. That'd be cool, man. Get a whole bunch of like urban city kids and throw them in there, and it's like, yeah, where's the shank button? I'm, I'm gonna kill your ass. <laughs> But I mean, oh, boom! It's a very good story, so they'll probably fuck it up. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Who's uh, what studio's doing it? Does it say? Is it Fox? Oh, Oddlot Entertainment. So I don't think it's associated with a big uh, movie yet. But um, they, they wisely point out that he's uniquely suited for the property because of experience working both with young kids in Tootsie and with big budget action in Wolverine. Yeah, well, you know, hmm, I'd use that loosely, but then again, you can't blame him for Wolverine. No, yeah, that, well, he's yeah. only the director. Who well, else are you gonna blame? Well, I mean, you, I mean, that just stunk of studio tingling, didn't it? Tinkling, tingling, tingling. You got a tingling feeling. <laughs> tingling. I don't know why, but keep Hugh Jackman on the screen. I'm tingling. I'm tingling. <laughs> Tingle. Oh, I'm tingling in my nethers. Don't cut that sequence. Yeah. I get, I get tingles when I see it. <laughs> It's the only time I can feel my toes. Reminds me of the time I was locked in a room with Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> He's in Remo, right? Eh? Yeah. Yeah. 
cocoon. Mm. <laughs> um, last week we talked about uh, Joaquin Phoenix's new movie. I'm still here. I'm still here. Yeah. I'm still here. And the, the question back then was: was, was is, this, re- is this a mockumentary or is this is it for real? real? Yeah. So Casey Affleck ruined the fucking surprise by coming out and saying it's a great performance. Yep. It's an, it's a <laughs> you know, but he doesn't like the word hoax. No, he doesn't like the word hoax. He doesn't say it at all. This is a film. It is not a documentary. It is a film. And what? And he also says that Joaquin Phoenix should be eligible for an Oscar nomination. Yeah, but I've also heard from reviewers who said that it just seems like a fucking self-indulgent art project up until the point where he's on Letterman, which you can see online for free on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. And I listened to the podcast where they just play the audio of that. Yeah. And Letterman's like, you know, tears him apart. It's yeah. brilliant. Letterman's like, well, we're real sorry. Couldn't, Joaquin couldn't be with us tonight. <laughs> nice to have you with us, uh, Unabomber. You know, and, and, he <laughs> and he has his usual stick about, you know... So, uh, yeah, yeah, just saw that, that movie, that Young Lovers, with that, that, that lovely, uh, lovely actress. What's her name? What's her name? And... I know, I know, I know. Usually, the actor steps in and says something and leads into an anecdote, and he does nothing. I know, but I, I, I mean, De- Dennis. De- I mean, not Dennis. De- David Letterman just killed it in that, in yeah. that interview. He tore him a new asshole. But, but even that is open to debate whether or not he knew about it. Mm-hmm. Casey Affleck is saying that he didn't. But when I when I watched it, I vaguely remember when the interview was done. Fucking Joaquin Phoenix got up, shook his hand, and said something to him, which which if you like look at it, is so like great job yeah. or something like that, or thanks a lot, or so, some, something Fuck like. Fuck you that. later. <laughs> <laughs> My name used to be Leaf. Speaking of TV, <laughs> did you see? Uh, did you hear about? It's not Monday. <laughs> Stop looking over there. <laughs> Whoa! Power just went again. Jesus Christ! Look it. And so apparently, you know, you know, John Stewart of the Daily Show. Yes. Uh, you know um, Stephen Colbert of the uh, Colbert Report. Yes. That would be like. Uh, you know, recently there was Glenn Beck, neocon. It's like a Dean Koontz novel. Yeah. It just keeps going out. Just keep going out. The last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the zombie's going to turn up at the door any fucking minute. But um, you know, Glenn Beck, the ultra right wing conservative. Right wing's conservative, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, dude had his million, his march on Washington D.C., which just happens to coincide with the same date as Martin Luther King's walk, yeah. and it was all about restoring America's honor. And John Stewart uh, had this fantastic piece, which you should definitely look at online. Uh, I think it was on Ina Cool as well. And he's talking about he's doing his skit, he's doing his normal stuff. He says, "I can't do this anymore." And he's to talk about you know America's gone crazy, you know, he's, you know. So they're organizing a march for all the moderates. And like they're organizing between three and six, so you can still get home in time for the babysitter. And uh, there's a reason we're doing it on a Saturday, and the reason is that you know, well, we were doing some shows in DC anyway on Thursday, the Wednesday, and we thought we could do it Friday, but then people can't get to work on Friday, so we thought we'll do it on Saturday. Then people come along and get home; it's all fine. So they're having a march for reasonableness <laughs> in politics, and there's like you know, most of you can't turn up for these big political rallies because you've got shit to do. <laughs> and uh, Stephen Colbert came on and he, his counterpoint is that no America does not need to be reasonable uh, we need to have a we need to restore fear into American politics <laughs> Jesus but this is the two of them their, their interplay is fantastic it's on both the it's on the Colbert Report and the, the John Stewart show from last week it's well worth the watch just to see them seethe and have fun with it and they're going to actually do this cool so um, and at the end of it Stewart pulled a rope and a banner came down it's like hey America Take it down a notch. <laughs> and that's the theme of his march. 
When are they going to do this? Uh, October. Sometime in October they're doing it. Uh, mid to end October, I believe they're doing it. So they'll be marching to Washington. They booked the big Washington area from Forrest Gump. Jesus. <laughs> and they're going to try and just get... The Washington Monument. And, yeah, and they're handing, <laughs> and they're handing out... Uh, they're going to be handing out placards as well if you can't make your own because, you know, you're busy. And um, we understand that. Um, they have the, some of the placards as well are it's fantastic. One is like legalized marijuana. He's like, we didn't make this. It's apparently if you just leave a stack of them together, it disappears in there. <laughs> It's what happens when placards breed. <laughs> and there's, you know, there's a, uh, one sign I think is like, I know you're not, you're not Hitler and you're not the devil. <laughs> I'm not scared of Obama. <laughs> they have all these signs. So it could be a lot of fun. I'm really interested to see how, what kind of a turnout they get. Because it's time for the moderates to demo- march. march. To reclaim the their rightful place in history. Exactly. <laughs> How much is a plane ticket? <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Let's go march. I love you and Smoochie. <laughs> you rocked in Harvey, De- Harvey, Harvey Birdman, Colbert. <laughs> I loved you in the faculty. It's <laughs> the one with John Stewart was the other guy in, not Billy Batson. Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Yeah, loved you and Big Daddy. Blood Monsters versus Aliens. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> when he meets, when he meets Stephen the Colbert. <laughs> the president. Oh my god! <laughs> Did I just press the nuke button? <laughs> oh, he starts playing the um, the tune, you mean, from yeah, 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 Close yeah, Encounters, yeah. and he breaks into Al- no, Axel F. Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, yeah, Axel yeah, F. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good movie, though. Yeah, it is a good I, I didn't mind it. It's been on TV it. recently, and it's been quite good. I didn't mind it. I mean, I didn't think it was great, but it's got a lot of really nice moments. Yeah. Uh, big shout-out goes to Winnie, who shouted this the scoop. Um, WinnieCapala.com. Yeah, so we give her a plug. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen is apparently now lined up to play Freddie Mercury in yep. a Queen pick. A yep. biopic. That's um, brilliant casting, actually. He has can he the sing? Old Can he sing, though? I don't know. I don't he can rap. Uh, no, I mean, like, shit, you're on, it's fucking Freddie Mercury, dude. Yeah. Uh, unless they, unless, I mean, unless they, uh, you know, decide to have Just it. use the actual Freddie Mercury tracks. Uh, prob- like, you know, like how they did in uh, La Bamba with Lou Diamond Phillips. That dude can't sing. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> but he just mimed to the tracks. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was the king in the uh, musical production of King and I in London. His reviews were terrible. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he sings just like uh, Chavez from Young Guns. Like, Chavez. how you'd imagine Chavez from Young Guns to sing. Uh, in, <laughs> that's how exactly how he sounds. And apparently uh, the script is about Queen's formative years and charts the band's rise to success capped by their appearance at 1985's Live Aid concert. I mean, like, if it was just, like, his Ali G stuff, I would have said, what the fuck? But, like, having seen him in... Uh, Talladega Nights. In, yeah, in Talladega, <laughs> in Talladega Nights and Borat and Bruno. I mean, I wasn't crazy about Bruno, but the performance, you know, you got to admire yeah. the performance. And he's got balls. I mean, that guy would go for it. Talladega Nights was genius, his role in that. Ricky Babay. Yeah. I, no, I loved him. Tell everything. He's sitting with Mostef and... Um, Elvis Costello yeah, for yeah. no reason for no reason would you like some paillet <laughs> no but everything in uh, Talladega Nights was awesome yeah. I like every single bit of casting Gary Gary Cole as, as uh, fucking uh, Will Ferrell his dad that, that was great <laughs> if you can drive a cougar in the back it's very much like dodgeball you can dodge a wrench <laughs> there's just something funny about dodgeball watching Rip Torn like throw a wrench at Justin Long and hit him and hit him like right in the face <laughs> I think that that was the movie where I mean after um, after uh, what, what's that fucking 
What's that fucking horror movie that Justin Long did again? Drag Me to Hell. No, not Drag Me to Hell. The other one. Um, Jeepers, Jeepers Creepers. Was he in Jeepers Creepers? Yeah, he was in the first one. Oh, really? Like, after watching Jeepers Creepers, I really liked him. But after watching him in Dodgeball, I was like, yeah, this, this guy's cool. Anyone that has that much of a sense of humor about himself that he doesn't mind, like, just... Because he wasn't just a wrench. Remember, everyone just started throwing the wrong shit on yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the he gets, he gets shit in his, like, He gets hit in the balls and that every more than it's fucking medically safe to do so. And it doesn't look fake. No. <laughs> it doesn't look fake. There's a rubber wrench, but you see it hit right on the nose. Like, wow. <laughs> apparently, I've heard his new movie, Going the Distance, even though he's apparently broken up with Drew Barrymore, is quite yeah. good. Yeah, I've heard it's actually quite good. I've I was wondering for a while why it, was in, why it was in my phone, Going the Distance, and then I, someone recommended that I watch it, and um, I forgot who that was, and I forgot what it was, and then, oh, oh it's that movie. Oh, that movie. Oh, right. No, I've heard that it's uh, relatively realistic as far as romantic comedies go. Hmm. I mean, like, they actually try to take a realistic look at a long-distance relationship. Exactly, yeah. And I've heard that, you know, it's not 500 Days of Summer, but it's closer to that end than fucking 27 Dresses. Yeah, well. That's <laughs> <laughs> not asking for much. <laughs> I don't ask for much, but I don't get it. And if I do get it, it's not organized correctly on the plate. Did you hear about Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. This is bad news. Uh, it's not bad news yet, but yes, the project manager in me is thinking he's going to go with the wrong choice. He's going to go with the wrong choice. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is now in a position because he's... Uh, made of money. He's made of money, and he's basically trying to do every single movie that's being released. Ryan. Bank! Reynolds. <laughs> he's the Tommy Lee Jones of his generation. Do you remember at one point in the late 90s, Tommy Lee Jones was in everything? US he was in fucking... After, <laughs> after Fugitive, after his Oscar nomination, he was in fucking everything. Volcano. <laughs> Natural born killers, heaven and earth, <laughs> just in everything. Yeah. But anyway, Ryan Reynolds, because of his incredibly busy schedule, he's uh, just—I uh, think he's wrapped Green Lantern. I was going to say because of his incredibly ripped abs, he can only fit them into two pictures or one picture <laughs> at a time. Because of his incredibly ripped schedule, <laughs> nice uh, meeting of minds that yeah. meet each other halfway. Uh, he's about to uh, shoot the movie The Change Up uh, yeah. with um, I can't Olivia Wilde. Yes, Olivia Wilde. That's right. Um, he he's in a position where he's he's going to have to make a choice between doing either Deadpool or R.I.P.D. He'll probably do Ripped. He'll probably because <laughs> he's ripped. Uh, I mean, I sincerely I'm hope ripped. He, I sincerely ripped. hope he doesn't. Yeah. I mean, they both sound. I mean, R.I.P.D. does sound like a fun idea. R.I.P.D. is based on a comic book by Dark Horse. It's about uh, basically cops in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. A lot of things sound like fun ideas. Autoerotic asphyxiation sounds like fun, but no, it's not. Uh, yeah. Ask Michael Hutchins. But they're saying that part of the problem is, is uh, that with Deadpool is that uh, Robert Rodriguez is still attached. It's not entirely confirmed yet, but Robert Rodriguez's schedule does not match Ryan Reynolds. And the whereas R.I.P.D. already has Robert Schwenke ready to go. Really? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's the thing. We ready to go, but ready to go on what stage? So much of the news we read, especially... I mean, the internet's better for this, but like for magazines and stuff, so much of it is like... Uh, did you see super uh, superhero hype this week? There was a picture of one of the guys from there with the Captain America shield. Yeah. It's like if you Google us, if you Google map us right now, or we tr- we clicked in on what the fuck is I think I'll not go places uh, Foursquare. They were on set with Captain America, and they all do this. That was Quint from uh, Any Cool News. They got the hair. Oh, the hair. No, this is on superhero hype. Oh, so the guy with the hair with a shield going. Is he, is he like a big fat dude? No. Oh right, so it's not quite. No. Okay, it's a guy who looks like he works on the internet. Oh right, <laughs> he walked down the pit. The shield looks badass. The shield looks badass. The guy behind <laughs> it looks like dork. 
But um, <laughs> they're doing. I mean, they're, they're they're breaking the fourth wall. They're telling people, yeah. The news we get most of the time is already out of date. I mean, fair yeah. enough. You get set f- photos. That's something you rely on. But when yeah. they're talking about what I'm doing next, what he means is what he's doing now. Yeah. I mean, or you know, what do you mean? it could be. He maybe he's doing it next. But an awful lot. All these set visits you see in magazines, stuff like that. They're all done when they're making the movie, and they don't come out until uh, the movie is the publicity cycle starts. Yeah. So God only knows what's next or how long away these. Well, are. I sincerely hope that he does Deadpool. I mean, especially if all of the reports are true and he actually has been as involved as he claims to be in the development process. Yeah. Because for quite a long time, I mean, he was championing this project like a motherfucker. Yeah. And it just feels kind of like a little disingenuous if he was to suddenly... Feels cheap. Yeah. It, it, it feels like he's full of shit if yeah. he was to do RIPD. You know, I yeah. mean, it, it, it just kind of goes against everything that he's been saying in the press up until this point. You know, even going so far as to saying, like, I'm working with the writers and we're going to break the fourth wall. Yeah. We're going to do, I mean, like, he's been the, the movie's biggest champion. Yeah. Even bigger than the fucking producers. So it just, if he was to take RIPD over this, it would just, everything he said would just ring horribly false. And I'd be very upset. I'd be very upset. <laughs> also because he's a You perfect, suck! Also because he's a perfect Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's perfect for Deadpool. Maybe Chris Evans is available. <laughs> He'll do it too. <laughs> Chris Evans is like, yeah, fuck you. This is just a nice thing. Apparently, uh, in the UK, um, the Royal Mail alternate their stamps each year between secular characters and non-secular characters, religious characters. Apparently, this year, their stamps for Christmas are Wallace and fucking Gromit. That's awesome. And I've seen, the, I've seen they have a small picture. Of it. It's up on the BBC website, and it's on a couple of other websites as well. It's on Empire as well. And there is, like, you know, just Gromit with a giant pudding, <laughs> which just looks great. Or just Wallace and him just, like, took it into mince pies and stuff. So this looks really... They're, they're, Royal Mail, I mean, stamp companies around the world, they've really figured out we got to keep the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't think there is... I don't think there is a um, Nick Park, Wallace and Gromit. I mean, because Christmas in, in England means Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, yeah. You're, and you're, there you're definitely I mean, going to get something. Something. should get something. Yeah, yeah, even if it's a fucking rerun or something, you'll get something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, usually BBC, just like, there's no live shows to put on. They just show all of them. And what? <laughs> Seriously, they just put them on BBC I, Two on a fucking Sunday after Christmas. No, no, it's I, all I remember, on. I remember that. You get the... The grand day out, the wrong trousers, oh, and then f- followed up with you know our evening movie presentation. You know, it starts at three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, by yeah, eight yeah. o'clock, it's like yeah. right, Curse of the Were Rabbit is yeah. our movie for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they even or, do the, or if they're sick of that here. Okay, like here's Chicken think, Run. And the last year, the year before, Wallace and Gromit wore the station items. Yeah, I think for Christmas yeah, yes, they were just there. Yeah. No, but they're it's cool. just such a genius creation. Yeah, I mean, Gromit especially movie. with. All he has are his eyeballs and his ears, and his ears, and yeah. the, the the flap that he has for his eyebrows. <laughs> and he's so expressive. I mean, there are, I know, I know. there are. You can do a PhD in how that captures stuff. No, I, but and even just like the way they're done, like claymation, I've loved that shit. Yeah. For you know, like ever, it's always been my like my favorite. ever since Mark Twain. You see that Mark Twain? Yeah, 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 yeah. Shit. You've seen that clip online about the most scary fuck ever when they walk into the room that's like fucking Nietzsche. He has all these but. Mark Twain claymation has all these fucking rooms in his giant yeah, airship. It's, it's fucked up, you know. It's and he walks in and this guy's like, "Well, my God!" And all he is is like one of those masks on your feet. What's it called the the laughing, smiling? Oh, uh, the theater masks. Theater masks. Yeah, yeah. He's just, he's just a theater mask. He's no head, and he's oh, like, yeah. "I create life. <laughs> I look at it go, and then if they offend me, I kill it." <laughs> 
If you look online, if you look on YouTube for scariest children's show fucking ever, I believe it's the actual full title. I want to go. I want to go and find this movie again. Yeah, we're gonna go buy it and get really fucked up. And watch the Flies it. of the Sun. I can't remember. There's bits and pieces. I can't remember. I just remember a balloon. I just I, yeah yeah. I just I just remember like uh, being tripped out. Yeah yeah. But there's a lot of it that I can't remember. I want to go find it. I don't remember the name. It's, not, it's Mark Twain's Seventh Journey or some shit like that. Something ridiculous. Random. <laughs> Um, did you see the Voltron stuff? Yes, I did. So Transformers. It is very Transformers. So for those of you who but don't, better. for those of you who don't remember Voltron, Voltron was one of those first. What do they call them in the, in Japan? The kind of Anime. where everything no, where everything joins together. There are certain Bushi knights or something they call them. It was like you know, because uh, the whole. I mean, all the Power Rangers shit is like yeah. seventeen or eighteen different shows cut together with American mm-hmm. actors in between. Mm-hmm. Um, between these shows, so this is one where you know. Teenagers the, the saving the universe. They, 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 they have like they, they five robots. These five uh, robot robot lions that all join together to form Voltron, the defender of the universe. Whose hands are lions. <laughs> <laughs> and he puts his hands together, he joins them up, and he and when he fucking separates them, there's a big shining light that turns into a sword. Yeah. Awesome. So this looks very Cloverfield slash Transformers. With but it looks fucking at. cool, though. Yeah. You know, it does look cool. I mean, it's Robot Lions. Yeah. <laughs> it's Robot Lions. And I mean, the, the middle pick, one of the picks that has it has one of the. Are they not Zorbs? Are they? What are they called? I can't remember. But one of the uh, one of the well, I just there's one picture of like it's, it, they, they 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 only join together to fight a big fucking thing. Yeah, it's the same yeah. as the Power Rangers. Yeah. The same kind of script. And they're all kind of useless when they're in the, when they're on their own. Yeah, and the, but there's a nice shot of one of them on their own, which is this giant fucking transformer tiger facing off against a giant bat creature. And the sense of scale in that picture when you blow it up is very nice because you can see in the foreground cars and stuff yeah. knocked over and shit. It's like okay, you're going big, and it's New York. I mean, they're fucking one of them is jumping on the. It's jumping on the Statue of Liberty like it wants to hump its leg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it could be good. This movie, I mean, Cloverfield was thought to be the Voltron movie for a long time, and this has been in development for a long time. Uh, but it's only getting money because of uh, Transformers and stuff. But it could be dumb fun. It, it could be a lot of fun. But it, it also could be god-awful. It could be Transformers it too. Could, it could be Lost in Space. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes. That was I've so seen it ridiculous number of times. I have the soundtrack. <laughs> Apollo 440. You like it? No. It's just <laughs> fucking terrible. <laughs> Matt <laughs> LeBlanc as a fucking... Mimi Rogers is hot. Shut your face. Joey Tribbiani as a fighter pilot? Yeah. I don't think so. He's a starfighter pilot. Yeah, pretty good starfighter pilot. <laughs> Until he meets Heather Graham. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. I love the robot. I was uh, no, the robot was cool. I, I used to go to Forbidden Planet in Dublin. They had one, the robot, the giant speaking version on a massive pedestal in the middle, and I was just waiting for it to get low enough because the movie no <laughs> one wanted to buy anything to do with it. It's like twenty nine nine nine. Come back in the next week. Twenty five nine nine. Next week. Nine nine nine. I was like. A little bit expensive for a shit movie. Danger Will Robinson. Maybe now I guess the fifteen. Someone bought it. Fuckers. <laughs> Bitter. Are you okay? Do you need a minute? Need a minute. Need a minute. Let's take a minute. Let's take a minute. Look at me. There's apparently um, some film festival recently. Uh, Richard Ayodade, who is. For those of you who like good TV, you'll have seen him in the IT crowd, you've seen him in Mighty Boosh. He's the guy with the big hair. He's Moss. 
In the IT crowd. In the IT crowd. He's been in a lot of shows. There's some stuff, actually, I was trawling Amazon for, Amazon for Christmas presents for myself. And, uh, <laughs> and by looking at space and this other thing, a lot of other shows with Nick Berry. You know Nick Berry is the guy from... Yeah, yeah. Um, he's Renham Jr. Yeah. He's, he's uh, in Guy at Death and Ring. He's like, Father! He's also uh, got a small part in Moon. Yeah. No, he's funny. Mm. <laughs> There's some shows they did... Back, apparently they did ACBC, which is oh, what's like... what's this? A gun. I wonder if it's loaded. Click, click, click. Apparently, he even did a show called ACBC, which is a rock opera about the. Um, I heard about Divinity. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I just saw this and think. But uh, Richard Ayade, there's a shitload of DVDs with him in it. You wouldn't realize. Like, I think he's in Look Around now as well with uh, Peter Serafin. Mm-hmm. However, his new movie Submarine seems to be killing at movie festivals worldwide. Um, I hate this fucker because he's multiple talented. This movie apparently is about a kid who has to deal with his mom who's going slightly insane and also try and get with his dyslexic girl in school. But apparently it's just cinema. It is cinema. It's called Submarine. Submarine, yeah. Now, I haven't seen a trailer because they haven't got a full trailer together. I've never heard of this. Really? No, I've never heard of it. A lot of the sites have been reporting this. A lot of guys who go to the festival saying this is the movie of the festival they've been at. I'm not uh, sure if it's a. Tor- I think it might have been a Toronto, which was on recently. Something I was surprised to find out is uh, that he also directs music videos. Yes, he's like, done a lot for Hot Chip, but apparently Peter Center Formwoods is doing it. If you're um, if you're in UK and you're a comedian, you can direct a video for Hot Chip. Apparently. Oh right, I didn't know that. <laughs> Peter Center Formwoods did one, which is bizarre and made no fucking sense at all. But it's Hot Chip. Bang and tune. So I got to find a copy of that. <laughs> <laughs> TV news again. Did you hear this rumor that like True Lies is going to come back as a TV show? Yes. Uh, it's going to suck. Yeah, I heard you can, that. You can already imagine. Uh, who, is, who is it? Uh, ABC. Fox TV. What? <laughs> Fox TV. I thought ABC picked it up. No. A joint project between 20th Century Fox and Cameras and Lightstorm Entertainment. Maybe NBC are going to pick it up, but Fox are making it. Uh, apparently they're going to make it as a TV show, which is just... I can just imagine it being fucking terrible. So it's like, are they going to carry on the whole thing like his wife doesn't know he's a spy? I don't know. Or, or, or was he going to take off from like when the movie ends when his wife is also a spy with him? Maybe. And, I mean, the kid knows. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I mean, I mean, you know, what's her name? She knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, all, all of them know. Does it, does, it, does it have any information as to like uh, from what point of the movie it takes off? Not really. It just says that it's, it's, it's shopping around the networks in the US. Because uh, James Cameron, I mean, like the last time he dabbled in TV was Dark Angel. Mm. And that, that sucked. He directed the finale and apparently that went down like a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, bad news as well for uh, Joss Whedon speaking of faith yep <laughs> <laughs> Elijah Dishku that's the name I was trying to remember yes. um, apparently Cabin in the Woods is now it was originally slated this is the movie that like Joss Whedon helped write and I think his brother directed or uh, some I'm not too sure friend of his directed yeah. uh, it's supposed to be like this whole it's a 3D horror movie yeah but it's supposed to be you know it's, it, it's Joss Whedon you know he's gonna do it in a nice funny way and it's gonna yeah. be referential it could be the new Scream yeah um, it's been moved before because MGM are in trouble but now it was originally slated to come out in February it was, always, it was supposed to be in 3D I don't think it's in 3D anymore the 3D conversion process got cut oh right because yeah. they can't afford it yeah uh, they, I mean this is this and um, I can never remember the, I always want to say Red State the movie about the Red Dawn it? Red Dawn the two of them are still in limbo, but this one now, it's been just cancelled its January release, and there's no replacement date. Yeah. Which sucks. Poor fucking, uh, what's his name? Uh, Joss Whedon. No, not Joss Whedon. The guy, oh, Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth, yeah. The guy who's in both Red Dawn and this. Yeah, he's <laughs> but, Thor, Thor don't get no fucking help. 
by the time this comes out, he's probably already going to be a huge star. There's a cool movie. This, there was a very loving piece on this in io9, and I'm, I'm not sure when the movie's going to be any good whatsoever. Uh, but uh, one of the guys who was involved with Hellboy is involved, and it's called Panzer 88. Did you hear anything about this? No, I haven't. This is the first I've heard about this movie, and it's apparently about a Panzer uh, tank team. Mm-hmm driving their tank around and somehow they come across some kind of supernatural devil being who just wants to rip the shit out of their tank <laughs> so it's just, like it's just like, their it's, tank yeah yeah it's like <laughs> Lebanon you've heard about Lebanon the whole movie that's yeah, set in the yeah, tank yeah, yeah. it's like Lebanon crossed with Hellboy oh shit so this guy uh, Peter Briggs is directing it and he's he's not done he's not done a lot of directing before so it's his first directing but he actually wrote the original script for Alien vs Predator which was not used it was one of those scripts that was shopped around Hollywood a lot right, right. and I mean he the interview with him is quite interesting because he's all like we're going to get the tech heads right we've got the right tank it is wearing different slightly different armor but mm-hmm. it, we take it from another version of the tank and he's totally into it I mean the passion alone and the concept art looks fucking awesome it just has this fucking what's it called the thing Mind's Moria Balrog okay beating up a tank with a hammer <laughs> fucking Mind's of Moria I was like dwarves <laughs> and Weta, Weta Digital are involved Richard Taylor is involved with it they managed to, for, for a low budget movie they managed to get Weta Digital involved and yeah, but so, Weta Digital actually lends itself to quite a few low budget movies yeah. I mean, like if they like the concept they're yeah, like fuck yeah, it yeah, yeah. Like, like we got Lord of the Rings money there you go they did Black Sheep yep uh, they did, oh they did Black Sheep as well they, they did Black Sheep as well um I mean, like they get. I mean, like uh, you know, the, the the effects aren't as polished, mm-hmm. but they're perfectly serviceable for that kind of movie. Exactly. I mean, where digital are fucking insane. Halo. One of the big parts of playing the Halo video game is you drive this kick-ass jeep called a Warthog, and it controls fun. It's fun driving around with a friend in your back, yeah. walking the mini. And there is one, right? In, in they the- built one. They built one. Yeah. They fucking built one of these things. <laughs> They built two of them, I think, but they trashed one. Um, and now they're doing a, they're Weta are actually doing a competition as well because the new Halo game, Halo Reaches Out, mm-hmm. and in that one of the games that one of the things they introduced a while ago was a mongoose, which is a kind of an ATV four wheel drive like single two people driver mm-hmm. thing. They're making one of those, but they're even going to tune the engine so it sounds like how it sounds in the game. Right. Which is ridiculous because those guys made that noise up because it sounds. Cool. And they're just building it for fun. They're building two of them, and apparently, I think it's a US, a UK, and Canada only promotion. You can win one. You can win one, but you got to buy like a shitload of Doritos and, and fucking Mountain Dew. Fuck man, I'd have. I don't. I don't even play the fucking game, and even I would like attempt to. <laughs> just don't try and launch into a man cannon. You don't want to do that. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, I like to show that off on the NKVE. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to read this a while ago it was a little interesting piece about Never Let Me Go the new movie with um, Carrie Mulligan Carrie Mulligan Andrew Garfield Spider-Man yeah Spider-Man directed by uh, Mark Romanek yep director of One Hour Photo the trailer was interesting we've talked about it a couple weeks ago but also now I've heard Mark Romanek's previous um, film career with music videos yeah and some yeah. of these are like it's again it's one of these funny things you see like when they show a video from MTV USA mm-hmm on Irish TV or Malaysian TV sometimes they have those white borders at the beginning and end yeah, yeah, where yeah. they show the director and stuff they don't do that in an awful lot of other places no. so you don't know who directs your awesome, the awesome videos yeah. he directed Nine Inch Nails Closer mm-hmm. that's what the pig stick on the head yeah, yeah. On, the, on the revolving thing um, Scream by Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson um, Got It Till It's Gone Johnny Cash's Hurt which is an amazing fucking music video no, he's music. done some amazing music videos Free Your Mind by uh, En Vogue Lenny Kravitz's Are You Gonna Go My Way Beck's Devil's Haircut Jay-Z's 99 Problems and Fiona Apple's Criminal I'm now more excited about this music because again you see these guys doing commercials or doing music videos but those are amazing cool music I mean the, the closer looks like David Fincher yeah, yeah and to see a director of that 
caliber do a movie he's like I'm now interested to see this no he is an amazing music uh, music video director he's done some amazing yeah. stuff uh, and Never Let Me Go has been getting really good reviews yeah. I mean it's been kind of divided but it's been divided in, in, in the way that from the reviews that you read you get the impression that it's divided because it is so good you know it's like it's 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 it, it, it's not going to be a middle of the road experience. Speaking you know? of divided, yeah, there's only 36 days till Scott Pilgrim comes out of Malaysia. Mr. Pilgrim, Didn't this movie's get- getting. So, I listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> it's so divisive. I can't believe it's so divisive. Yes, it's very. There's so many people saying, "I'm a gamer. I'm in my twenties. I like comic books. I like this movie." Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of that. A lot of that. Like, what the fuck? Where's your joy? <laughs> Where is your joy? They're all just like upset with their lot in life. They're all cynical little cunts. I'm not Edgar Wright. I'm pissed off. I am really worried that we're going to hate it when we see it again when it comes out. No, no, I'm not worried about that. No, because I mean, it's the kind of movie that you, that it's exactly what it is. You either love it or you just don't get it. Yeah. You know, and, and to me, like the people who bitch about it, they just don't get it. Yeah. Not, they, they don't have the wherewithal to fucking enjoy it. You know, so fuck them. Mark Hamode like that. There you go. Although he did, he likes Howard the Duck, and he said, This strikes me as Howard the Duck, something that no one else agreed with, but the more I watched it, the more I like it. And he said he was the only one that was like the only one in the cinema laughing. That's just bizarre. I, like, I just can't I can't, yeah, I can't, I can't understand that people. I mean, fair enough, we were high on Comic Con. We were. Totally fucking high on We were. But, I mean, like, when we saw shit, you know, I mean, you know, when you see some shit, like, when we got back to the hotel room and turned on the TV, like, this is shit. Yeah. <laughs> the weather forecast is fucking shit because. Yeah, Sandy, we got some high pressure movement up from above. Yeah, well, we uh, caught this really big fish here. Huh? <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> no, the best, the best US TV was when you know because the, they they have trailers for the news in the US. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember living in Boston and it was like we're watching something. It's like seven o'clock. News at eleven. Horse stuck in mud, <laughs> and there was a horse stuck in mud, <laughs> and that was it. And. I never pulled in the battery. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, they were they were training it the whole time, and then at 11 o'clock, it was like, right, we were fucking pumped. Horse stuck in mud, man. We've been hearing about this shit for the last three hours. Like, why a man recently got the horse out of the mud? Was like, no, why was the horse stuck in the mud? Fell in. <laughs> How do you fall in? <laughs> it's a horse. It's not fucking clever. <laughs> Horses are very clever. Haven't you seen Gulliver's Travels? I've seen Mr. Ed. <laughs> Wilbur looks like you got some marital strife going on in the sixties. <laughs> we're just we're just pointless yahoos. <laughs> uh, there's one other trailer I want to mention, which just freaked me the fuck out. Was the Nutcracker in 3D? Did you see this? No, I didn't. So. The Nutcracker for me is something that I see for 30 seconds and turn off. Yeah. It's usually on around Christmas as well. Apparently yeah. America, it's like, it's the, the Nutcracker Christmas. It's written by Russians. Watch out, it's communism. But, um, John Turturro's in this is the Rat King. That's genius. And I didn't recognize him for, for the trailer. The trailer is like, shows this kid fighting an army and there's steampunk shit going on and the fucking guy with like 1920s jetpacks and then he gets turned into a Nutcracker. Oh really? It's, it's, yeah, there's this like, whole prologue <laughs> bit, and then like he becomes like a nutcracker, and then oh, I've been waiting for so long. To, and he's a full animated robot, a uh, wooden nutcracker, and then he brings her with him. But instead of apparently in the, in the opera, it's just like he fights the Rat King, who's a small mouse, and done. I think the, the girl kills him. 
but in this one it's like she, he brings her to his world and there's fucking total fucking carnage and mole machines oh so it's cool looks fucking cool shit I gotta check that out yeah. I, I, I mean I saw it but I didn't look at it because I was like nutcracker just like you I'm like not interested fuck it this holiday season's event <laughs> it publicizes that like you know it's it but yeah fucking just do it Jesus who's directing it uh, no idea but I don't remember steampunk and Nazis with jetpacks I don't remember that in Nutcracker at all. That's not what I associate. Oh, Andrew Andrew Konchalovsky, who the trailer says oh. from the acclaimed director. He's done nothing but Russian movies. Yeah, he also he also did uh, Tango and Cash. Don't think so. He did Tango and Cash. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't. I may have mispronounced. I don't. Think that's him. I do not think Tango and Cash. Is like You're gonna check it. Yeah, I'm fucking checking. You're gonna check it. it. You're just gonna fucking show me up. Where's my mouse gone? Oh, there it is. Tango and Cash is directed by Andre something. Yeah. <laughs> All those Russians seem alike to you, huh? No, it's not fucking the director of Tango and Cash. If it is, I'm fucking there. I'm there on opening day. <laughs> You're just gonna wait, ain't you? You're just gonna fucking wait till it comes out. My internet's broke. <laughs> emails! Do we have any, I don't think we have any emails. Do we have any emails? No, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so why'd you bring it up that <laughs> <laughs> Movie reviews! <laughs> uh, would you like to go with the other guys? Yes, I think I shall. Okay. So the other guys is literally a story about the other guys. It's There's literally a, a story. Literally. It's literally a story. Oh my god! <laughs> That's literally. so bizarre. So bizarre. So, um, the guys are The Rock and uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson. And in, this movie is about those guys starting off with, and they are they are the diehard cops. Yeah, they don't do the paperwork. They have an insane opening sequence where they like drive a car into a bus chasing these guys, and then like the Rock drives the bus after them with the car and Samuel L. Jackson still inside the bus. Yeah, I remember this was and a- they get like they get like medals for like saving the scenes. Like, okay, so you caught some drug dealers who had drugs on them worth one million, but you caused. 12 million dollars damage and we're like we're all about New York who's with us <laughs> these guys are assholes they come back to the precinct and they're like we got a shitload of paperwork who wants to do it Will Ferrell's like yeah I'll do it so Will Ferrell and Mark, Marky Mark uh, Wahlberg are the other guys and uh, they're an odd couple pairing uh, 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 Will Ferrell is basically he's a forensic accountant mm-hmm. I mean he's after the whole plot hinges around him after somebody because they haven't filed enough um, scaffolding for the building that they're building right and uh, the guy he's after is Steve Coogan oh excellent he just bumbles through it the plot is almost completely secondary mm-hmm. what it all is, is it's a buddy comedy uh-huh. but these guys hate each other and uh, something I heard today which brought home a little bit is like I just every time I mean I've seen I've only seen that clip from The Happening where Marky Mark talks to the plastic plant where he thinks like we're not going to hurt you so you just want to get some things and go. Get some water. Yeah. Just get some food. I'm talking to a plastic plant. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I've only seen that much of the happening, but it's like, oh, you can't act. You can't. But someone brought up today a good, very, very good point in that for him to be funny opposite Will Ferrell, he has to act. And I haven't seen it at a parody yet, and they also referenced the, par- the parody saying, there's some funny bits in there where he's funny scary, but it's like, he is a good actor, apparently. Mm. I need to watch The Departed. I've had it on DVD for fucking years. No, I mean, uh, he's, he is good in The Departed. No, yeah. when you give him the right role, he's, yeah. he's all right. And so a lot of the funny comes from him doing unexpected shit. It's, it, he's not the funny one. And he is he funny. Is, he's a straight man to Will Ferrell. But in this, he's a straight 
angry man because he's the guy who shot the guy who was the like star fucking baseball player for the New York Dodgers I don't know <laughs> Mets Mets he thought it was a fucking he thought it was a guy breaking a cordon so everyone in the city hates his fucking ass right everyone you're the guy who shot him but he's just angry the entire time and one of the best guys I mean so that's the team they work together with their partners but he just like you know Will Ferrell's just humming in his desk like shut the fuck up humming <laughs> don't fucking hold my son. It's very it's, so it's it's a it's an already movie. Yeah, it's already. It's like you, you, you there's a whole thing about you know if I was a fucking lion, you were fucking chewing out. I would just fucking find my way to the ocean and kill you. <laughs> I will fucking eat you. And like, well, if I was like already, if I was a chewing, I'd be with school chewing. We would find a way. We would manufacture breathing apparatus to come on land, find you and your pride, and kill fucking everybody. This conversation is not going where you thought it would go, is it? Jesus. So they hate each other. And Will Ferrell drives a Prius, which is a joke throughout. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, Will Ferrell has a case. Yeah. Now, something happens to the guys. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly funny what happens to Samuel L. Jackson and um, The Rock. The Rock. Um, it's just genius. They just get so high on their own awesomeness they do something which is retarded and they pay for it badly and it is one of the we actually rewound it back while watching it to see it again and it's a beautiful shot I mean it's it's Adam McKay I believe yeah yeah. uh, Yeah. and that is fucking genius but these guys the the plot is about you know there's some guy who owes some politicians some money and it's all about the banking scandals and he's just doing a Ponzi scheme which is like start a new start a new scam we would invest in that scam to pay off the people from the old scam and just keep it perpetuating mm-hmm. and uh, you know uh, Steve Coogan has a very ancillary role he's just kind of very much a passenger in this and mm-hmm. um, he's just like because there's a company the, the politicians are asked after him and Will Ferrell and <laughs> for some reason they get kept, they kept getting held up by a private military firm and they keep stealing their shoes <laughs> and they have to walk like 20 blocks in their socks it's like shut the fuck up what the fuck about why they keep them in their shoes Michael Keaton's the their, their boss, right? Michael Keaton's their boss, and he's great in it. And there's about half at the halfway point for some reason he starts breaking into uh, TLC lines. Right. He's like, "Look, guys, okay, I'm kind of behind you, but I can't say much. But you know, don't go crossing waterfalls." <laughs> and Will Ferrell's like, "Do you realize what you're doing? You're totally like you're caught." And he doesn't say about like what. You don't know who TLC are? No, what are you talking about? It's like, you keep doing this. It's like, <laughs> are you fucking with us? One of the funniest jokes of the entire movie is where Will Ferrell, one of the gags running throughout this is that Will Ferrell is buttoned down, Will Ferrell, curly hair, you know, just the norm. And women, even like, like even when they're being held up and there's a hot terrorist woman, she's like, my shoes. Every woman loves Will Ferrell in this movie and his wife is Eva Mendes yeah, yeah. and she walks in and, Will, and he's like you know oh, I am that's the old ball and chain you know <laughs> and Mackie Mark is like no who is that that's my wife no who is that and he keeps <laughs> and that's one of the genius parts of the script it's like it's who is that it's not who is she or what this is your wife it's no no seriously who is that no who and even they, have, they, they tell him and he's having dinner he's like Seriously, who is this? Who who is this? It's my wife. Still, boy. And there's some very funny stuff there between them and then, and just Mark Wahlberg. That's where they. I think he does have a good role in this, in that he is the straight man, but he's a straight angry man. And he's like, no, seriously, who is what? Can you can you tell her 
I'll come over to see you know because she's all about you know don't get in trouble don't you come home dead it's like you know if anything happens to you on this will I'll comfort her I, don't worry I will take care of her it's like well I don't want I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to die he's like no no either way I'll take care of her <laughs> and she's all like you know when you come home these babies are yours he's like no stop it why do you dress so plain and she's wearing like a skin tight fucking <laughs> evening dress fucking shit it's like take that shit off you look like a fucking hooker come on dress properly <laughs> you know Will Ferrell is completely oblivious to how incredibly hot his wife is and that plays into the plot later on and he's like he was a bit of a wild man in college he actually ended up being like you know he's like you know so a friend of mine we she I would set her up with dates and then she would go on those dates but she needed me around to protect her and it's like you're so you're a pimp no no uh, you know and then eventually I had a load a load of her friends asked to do it as well so I would just look after them all and they would pay me a little money he's like you're totally a fucking pimp and it's like no it and then it flashes back and it's like you know teenagers with fucking Will Will Ferrell as his normal self wearing like a fucking hat and like dressed as Ali G he's like that wasn't pimp <laughs> it's funny I mean. The counterpoint to this is that last week's podcast I reviewed four lines. They're very different movies, but as comedies go, the the other guys it is American, it is big, it is Alan McKay comedy, but it is it does have a hit hit ratio. Right. There is very much you will not go a minute without a funny joke going on. I mean they're driving around New York at one point with a Prius covered in cocaine. Fuck. <laughs> and people just kinda go, hmm. <laughs> it was licking. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, it's well worth the watch. Mercury Mercury is pretty good in it, um, and Will Ferrell is pretty good. And it doesn't seem to be that they've let him. Leave. Adam McKay can, can can handle Will Ferrell. I still haven't seen Land of the Lost, but I'm sure apparently that's just one where he went off the leash. Yeah, yeah, I, I haven't seen it either. But I heard, I've heard it's not as bad as everyone says it was. I no, mean, that's what I've heard too. But it, actually, that's a movie that I still wouldn't mind seeing. Yeah, I mean, it's Will Ferrell. He's always good. Yeah. So yeah, definitely worth a watch. If you can go see it, go see it. But if you're going to see it in Malaysian cinema, wait till you get a DVD because yeah, it's all rated. Okay. Well, I caught uh, Wall Street, uh, the sequel to Wall Street, Wall Street, uh, Money Never Sleeps. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it, this is a bit of a mixed bag, this movie. Really? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I'm watching... Because I'm already hating this fucking movie from the number of times I've said through the fucking trailer. Yeah. I think I've been watching the trailer since February. Yeah. I, I had a similar experience. Like, do you remember years and years ago, Ewan McGregor did a movie called Night Watch? Yeah. And that movie took forever to get released, and by the time it got released, I think I had seen the trailer 50,000 fucking times. <laughs> and I was just like, when I first saw the trailer, I'm like, this looks good. Yeah. By the time the movie came out, I was like, fuck this you. movie! <laughs> uh, and this movie, yeah, did suffer a little bit from that, because they started, the trailer came out a long time ago. And uh, reviews came out quite a while, because they, they, pre- they, they premiered it at the, uh, the Cannes Film Festival last yeah. year. So it's been on the radar for quite a long time. And was it in competition? No, it wasn't. I don't, I don't think it was in competition. Uh, if it was, then... Fuck it. No, that's not very good news. <laughs> but uh, it has been a long wait. It's been 22 years since the, lo- since the first one. And, I mean, okay, I, 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 mean, I must be honest, I haven't seen the first one in quite some time. Mm. But, there's, but I have pretty vivid memories of certain aspects of it. And Greed is good. Greed is good. I mean, I know that for one. I love you on Wall Street. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole thing about... No Charlie Sheen? There is. No, 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 there is. Oh, excellent. There is. Awesome. <laughs> no, no, I mean, the movie definitely has uh, things to recommend it. It's mm-hmm. a very well made film. It's very slick. Uh, but this is. It's an Oliver Stone joint. Well, not even that. I mean, this is Oliver Stone in full on mainstream filmmaker mode. Oh, what? I mean, this movie is not the, the same film that the first one was. It mm-hmm. doesn't have. Although it 
there, there are places there, there are points in the movie where it it comes close to having the same kind of balls mm-hmm. as the first one uh, but especially for um, all the things that have happened li- uh, lately with the uh, you know with the financial crisis and everything I was expecting this movie to, to be much fiercer really and to be a lot more angry like and Tyra Banks fierce yeah just like that yeah. you know out come the claws <laughs> jazz paws <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, okay like the the movie starts off with, uh, I mean, like the beginning of the trailer. That's the beginning of the movie. The first thing you see is uh, Gordon Gecko getting yeah, out of jail, getting out of prison. Uh, Gordon gets his groove back. Gordon gets his groove back, and there is one, you know, and he, and he gets out of jail, and there's no one waiting for him. And there is one amusing bit where this stretch limousine pulls up, and he in thinks, the trailer, yeah, and he thinks it's for him, but it's like uh, no, it's this. It's fuck, for a gangbanger. It's for a gangbanger. It goes in, yeah. So, so that was a nice little amusing bit. And then, and then, boom, cut, two thousand eight. No, so when did he get out? He gets out in 2001, ah. just uh, pre-9-11. He caused the financial crisis. <laughs> there you go. There, that's the movie. That, yeah. That's the twist. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Mike Shalaman directed this, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> he invented some subprime mortgages? So it, it's 2008, and then you're introduced to uh, Shia LaBeouf's character. He plays a guy called uh, Jake Moore. Is he an asshole in this fucking movie? Um, no, nah, he's doing his Ernest Young Man shtick. Uh, he does... It, but, oh, but, it is, but it is weird, though, is that he, you know, like... He's, he's, he's an earnest young man he's, uh, he's trying to get his company to invest in like fusion because he believes that's the future he's fucking uh, Carrie Mulligan who's Gordon Gecko's daughter it'll and never she, work yeah and she's, a, and, she's a, and she's a lefty and she has like this she hates her dad she hates her dad she has this environmental blog site and all this kind of shit <laughs> uh, but yet somehow still manages to fall in love with a Wall Street guy um, so then <laughs> and in the eight years that he's been away he's written this book uh, called Is Greed Good? And uh, he's basically making money off of that and he's doing like uh, talks, Seminar King. seminars and talks at universities and stuff like that. And so what happens is that when we are introduced to uh, Jake Moore, he's working for... Um, is that his character's name? Jake Moore, yeah. Uh, Shia LaBeouf's character. When we meet Shia LaBeouf, he's uh, working... He's, he's, he's already doing pretty well. He's kind of like... Uh, like uh, he's doing better than Bud Fox was, than Charlie Sheen's character was. Is he a hot young Turk? He's a hot young Turk, and he's working for Frank Lang- Langella, who is awesome. Perry, in this. Perry, Perry White. Perry White. He's working for Perry White. There you go. We're just gonna confuse the fuck out. Of you. <laughs> like, what movie are you reviewing? <laughs> and then he puts on the trunks and he flies. What? <laughs> <laughs> While snorting cocaine <laughs> off Carrie Mulligan's tits. <laughs> really? No. Um, <laughs> actually, no. yes. Oh, that's, that's the twist. I, I <laughs> the first time. That's actually the twist. Uh, and so um, Frank, Lang- Frank Langella's character His name is uh, Louis Zabel And um, Of Zabel and Zabel Incorporated There you go mm. And uh, what happens is that He's in He's hit with this uh, in- Incredible debt Which the, um, the go- and, and, and he's refused A government bailout What we later find out Is that uh, This was all like So a- it's a fantasy movie A banker dist- <laughs> Refusing a government bailout Yeah right <laughs> No no He's refused A government bailout That's what I mean He's refused It's a fantasy movie Yeah It's like Willow <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't want free money. Thank you. Val Kilmer turns up <laughs> and he books a pixie, <laughs> and then he has a fight with Joanne Whaley. Who's <laughs> Joanne Whaley? His ex-wife. All right. <laughs> also, his romantic interest in Willow. Ah, uh, oh, uh, um, there you go. Uh, 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 but what we find out is that the reason why uh, he is suddenly put into this um, debt is because the villain of the piece, played by Josh Brolin. Uh, he Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex, yes. So like the vil- Jonah Hex is the villain of the piece, and Jonah Hex goes around spreading rumors about Skeletor, <laughs> about oh. Ske- 
Frank Langella played Skeletor in Masters of the Universe. Oh, that's what I thought you said. I like that Skeletor. I was like, what? No, we didn't say Skeletor. So Jonah Hex basically spreads rumors about um, uh, Skeletor's company, saying that Skeletor's company is going down. So he needs to find the key. Yeah. And uh, and so Skeletor asks uh, the government to bail him out and at this uh, meeting in the Federal Reserve Bank, and Jonah Hex says... No, and Skeletor is convinced it's because uh, Jonah Hex is still pissed over an old beef. Is Jonah Hex a master of the universe? No, Jonah Hex is not a master of the universe. <laughs> now I'm fucking confused. Is he a master of the financial universe? Yes, he is. He is. Ah, there we go. That's what, I, that's what I mean. Yes, for. he's Sherman McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> Only without Tom Hanks's double chin. Uh. And so basically, the, the whole company goes down. Uh-huh. And um, so on Carrie Mulligan, <laughs> the whole company goes down on Carrie Mulligan. And so the next day, Skeletor wakes up, eats his scrambled eggs or his fucking breakfast, whatever, and then he buys a. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> he buys a bag of potato chips and then goes to the subway. Uh-huh. He eats. He finishes his bag of Lay's potato chips and then very calmly walks to the front, then throws himself in front of a train. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> His, was, we should totally get a replacement for that. <laughs> oh, and so, and so, uh, Skeletor kills himself, and this and this depresses Spike. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Not Spike, Sam. Sam. <laughs> and so Sam with Wiki gets all upset because his father figure uh, Skeletor is, fu- is fucking throwing himself in front of a train. We should totally just review movies by their past <laughs> movies, naming them and, that way. And uh, and and he doesn't know. He doesn't know that it's uh, that that um, that Jonah Hex is responsible for it, but in the meantime, uh, because of a conversation that he had with Skeletor the day before, where Skeletor says, "You know, are you going to marry the girl from an education?" and and <laughs> are you going to marry the daughter of the guy from uh, Wall Street? <laughs> yeah, and like, and he's like, "Oh, I don't know," and he's like, "You know, marry her every second counts," and he's already depressed because he knows that he's a dinosaur and the yeah. fucking company's going down. He knows that something. Baby Fan is not making the same. Uh, Circulation as it used yeah, to. Yeah, there you go. Ever since Superman disappeared, and it doesn't look like he's coming back anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so times are tough. Most confusing review ever. <laughs> so, so times are tough, right? <laughs> you know, they gotta be. You throw yourself in front of a fucking train. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know, so Sam Witwicky's all pissed off, and um, so then he goes, he goes out. Uh, because he had gotten a million dollar advance before, and he goes, he buys his diamond ring for um, the, the, from from the girl from education, from the girl from an education, and uh, she doesn't want to do it. Sally Sparrow, yeah, <laughs> that's what she was called, Doctor Who. And because and now because uh, Skeletor has killed himself, the company is in dire straits, and it may look like he's going to be out of the job. So, Mark so he's com- he's completely yeah. <laughs> so the brothers in arms, yeah. <laughs> You know, and so he goes to this seminar where Gordon Gecko is teaching because he wants to be a local hero. Uh-huh. <laughs> what he's not in Scotland. Peter Riger turns up, <laughs> accompanied by the ghost of Burt Lancaster, <laughs> and says, "You should listen to Gordon Gecko." So then he goes. What are we talking about? He goes to the seminar, which is the same seminar shown in the trailer, where he goes like, "You know, I is greed good?" Someone once told me greed is good. Now, it, now it seems it's legal, mm-hmm. and you know. Uh, one thing about this movie that is cool is that it's great to see Michael Douglas back in this role. Yeah. Um, I don't think uh, he's going to get an Oscar nomination for this, but this he's, is he's his good. signature role. And 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 you know and, and as he, opposed to um, the movie would work with in striptease. What's her name? Uh, indem- indemnity in what disclosure? Disclosure. <laughs> and it was something fucking busy. Indemnity. 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 Chris Nolan's indemnity. 
So in like a wild Gordon, we haven't got enough to cover the loan. Oh my god! You know, so wild wild Gordon Gecko was uh, fighting his sexual harassment uh, case with the chick from Striptease in Disclosure. <laughs> uh, and you know, he wrote this book and he's doing this seminar. And so Shia LaBeouf goes to see it. Yeah, we're back to the real names now. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf goes to see it and he's like, "This is fucking amazing." And so he goes to talk to him and says, "Dude, I'm going to marry your daughter." And also, I'm fucking on a regular basis. There you go. <laughs> and so. And so a, rela- uh, a relationship forms uh, where Gordon Gecko starts to give like little insider information to him and sort of plants the seed. I think it's time to start calling me Gordon. Yeah, and then plants the and then and sort of like gives him just enough to uh, g- get the idea as to who was responsible for um, Skeletor's death. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then he so then what so then Sam Witwicky goes on and starts spreading rumors about Jonah Hex's company, and uh, and then Jonah Hex uh, Hexes him. No, notices that some shit's going on, like you know, you co- uh, and call and calls him in for a meeting. It's like you cost me a hundred million dollars today. It's not a lot of money, but you got my attention. You want a job? So he goes to work for uh, Sam Wicky. Goes to work for Jonah Hex. Uh-huh. And in the meantime, the whole time while he's doing this, he's still meeting up with Gordon Gecko on the side, just talking about stuff. And Gordon Gecko's doing this whole barter trade with you. At first, it's just for like pictures of the kids, because you know, like the chick from Education won't speak to him. Yeah. Um, Do have kids? No. And then it just and then it just kind of goes from there. I mean, it's sort of a natural progression of the characters, but it, it all it's it's an entertaining movie, uh-huh. but it's it just doesn't have balls. I mean, the one thing I remember about the first one is that the first one was vicious, yeah. and this one isn't vicious. I heard that. I mean, there are moments where where, where you kind of get close to having it, like the bits with Frank Langella. I mean, his role is very brief, but it's a very crucial role, and he nails it. He's brilliant in it. Frank I mean, Langella. I mean, one of the things I mean that's, that does elevate the film is definitely the cast. I mean, it's a very good cast. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Shia LaBeouf isn't really doing anything we haven't seen him do before, but he's doing it well. Earnest. Earnest. He's very earnest, although he cries funny. When he cries, he's funny. He cries. He, cri- he cries in this movie because he has a fight with uh, Optimus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has a fight with Carrie Mulligan in it. Like you know, when Carrie Mulligan finds out that he's been lying to her about seeing the seeing the seeing her old man and everything, yeah. uh, and and she has a very like sort of like relationship advice: don't lie ever. Yeah, and so like she she has a very sort of like. Uh, very dignified way of crying, like the solitary tear going down. And and Sam Witwicky and Sam Witwicky's a bit of a sniveler. You know, he's like, <laughs> "We're all right, baby. We're all right. <laughs> don't do me. You're too hot to be doing me." <laughs> what do you mean you didn't like Disturbia? <laughs> Wait till I show you a guy to recognize that you're saying something totally swallowed. <laughs> oh God! Is so that any good? Um. It is. I mean, it is and it isn't. You know, I mean... Is the DVD release or should I go book a seat? Well, even then, I don't really know how to answer that because uh, it's very possible you might enjoy it. I know, I, I wasn't bored. Uh. It's an entertaining movie, but it, it just doesn't have the same kind of bite that you would expect from it. it I mean, watching it, the very first thing that I, that I wanted to do as soon as it was over was watch the first one again. Yeah. You know, uh, and not because, oh, I can't wait to watch the first one so I can see how it continues. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing about when you watch this movie is that... It, it almost feels like the movie was made just because we love Gordon Gecko so much we cannot handle a world without Gecko we cannot handle his fate in the first one being it his fate yeah you know it's you know, a vanity project almost almost a character vanity project as opposed to an actor vanity yeah project. you know and, 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 and so it slaps on this ending that just doesn't really ring true let's see the Goonies when they're 29 something like that yeah you know it just doesn't it, it, it just sort of um the ending, especially the ending, really lacks bite. Really, you know, it, it feels like it. It feels like a test test screening uh, ending. You know, like they had sh- they had shown that, that there was another ending. They showed it to an audience. They were like, "No, nah! 
Gordon can't go out like that. You know, Scooby Doo ending. Yeah, almost, almost, almost. Even mm. complete with the. Does that ruin the movie for you? Uh, I mean, to an extent. Oh, really? To an extent. Because one of the things I've heard, I've heard recently, the Last Exorcism. Yeah. Eighty percent of the movie is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the it's a priest who's he's admitting to a camera crew that all his exorcisms mean shams. He does his last exorcism and it turns out this is the real one. Yeah. And apparently the last 15 minutes of this movie yeah. are utter pig shit and piss <laughs> all over everything you've had up until that point. People are vehemently against this movie because of how it ended. Right. Because apparently the ending is so... Ah! That well, it fucks I, I, up everything they've done before that. Well, I wouldn't say that the ending to Wall Street Never Sleeps is pig shit. Pig shit. Yeah. It's it just uh, it just you just feel shortchanged. Oh. It's 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 a shortchanged kind of ending. You know, it's like uh, the characters deserve better than this. But the Charlie Sheen cameo is awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Has he got one and a half men with him? Uh, <laughs> you got you got to see it, dude. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> Let's just put it this way: Is he beating up with Denise Richards? Let's just put it this way: when the two of them share the screen together, the situa- uh, the kind of the situation, the sexual frisson, and the conversation they have, it might as well have been a fly on the wall conversation between Charlie Sheen and Michael Douglas. Really? Yeah, especially Charlie Sheen. Have you seen some combat? It's. I've seen some on TV. <laughs> but what you're saying reminds me a lot of. I forgot to mention at the end. Uh, one of the things that's quite weird about uh, the other guys. Yeah, is at the end of the other guys while the credits are rolling they explain the financial crisis in infographics what? they have like a Ponzi scheme starts like this and they have like these cool graphics like one man getting money in and then like people come in from below they get the money in and the people at the top level get the money from the lower levels Yeah, and it goes through all these infographics about how the financial crisis happened and it's like Dude, this movie is not. I mean, it turned into a Michael Moore thing at the yeah. fucking total end. And it's like, you've not earned this in any way, shape, or form. What are you talking about? Is it, I mean, it's like, your, your movie was about Will Ferrell and angry Mark Wahlberg shouting at each other. I don't see how I'm insulting each other and Mark destroy, Mackie Mark destroying his um, apple for no fucking reason. Just like standing up in the middle of the room going, just, and that's brilliant. It's unexpected. It's brilliant. But. It looks like they thought they were making a hard-hitting story about the financial crisis. Well, that's probably... I mean, it's probably just fucking with people. Maybe. But, yeah, and another thing about Wall Street, too, that, uh, that kind of, like, get... that kind of gets tiresome after a while is that... is that Gordon Gecko is kind of sidelined. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Well, I mean, it, I mean they is are... Is Indiana Jones, is it? Well, I mean, they are kind of following the same sort of blue. Is he in the car while is with the monkeys? No, nothing like that. Okay. Uh, but they do kind of follow... I mean, when, when, you, when you think about it, they are staying true to the blueprint of the original because in the, ori- in the first film, uh, in terms of screen time, Charlie Sheen did have the bigger role. Yeah, yeah. But, and, so, and, they, and that is also the case here. In terms of screen time, Shia LaBeouf is the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so Gordon Gecko is just one of these guys that's kind of like almost in the shadows but not quite every time you see him it's fucking broad daylight yeah. but it's kind of a supporting character almost and and after a while it's like they just they, they, they push the whole family bit you know like you know, uh, like I, I need to get reunited with my daughter thing just a little bit too much you know but that was one thing that gets tiresome a little after a while mm. and which also adds to the you know short changed ending yeah because they, they have to wrap all that shit up as well because they've decided to go soap opera in the last half. Ah, oh, shit. As kings of all media, 
Mm-hmm. I want to do a very quick review. Um, movies and video games are becoming very much like, you know, video games cost more than going to a movie. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the amount of money Microsoft pays for things. I mean, Halo, uh, Halo 3 was the biggest entertainment launch of all time. It right. caught uh, in marketing books spent. Uh, the new Halo game by Bungie came out recently, mm-hmm. which is Halo Reach. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the video games always have cinematic aspirations. I mean, there's a game called The Shadow of the Colossus, which is all about finding these giant creatures, crawling up them, and then killing them. And it's freaky, and apparently they make a movie of that. But uh, Halo Reach is the latest, uh, the last Bungie game. The guys who made the original Halo. I was playing all. I played all the Halo games. It's mm-hmm. where I learned how to use a controller. <laughs> Something you haven't done yet. No. But uh, <laughs> Halo Reach came out. So this is a huge multimedia property. I mean, the, Peter Jackson's going to be the movie and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the previous stories, Halo 1 to 3, were always about the Master Chief. They didn't have a name, he's just the Master Chief. It mm-hmm. was his rank. Mm-hmm. And he was a badass. Mm-hmm. He could survive re-entry. <laughs> he did in Halo 3. He just blew up a ship, jumped out the fucking window, survived re-entry, picked himself up, dusted himself off, and said, bring it. <laughs> So this new game is a prequel, mm-hmm. and big multimedia launch again. It's not uh, even here in Malaysia. There was a couple of stores that had midnight launches and they were queues till one a.m. Right. So this is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I played the I've been playing the recent one, so I'm about eighty percent through or sixty six to eight percent through. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have the same story mm-hmm. level of what the previous ones had because it's called Halo for a reason. They're about ring worlds, yeah. but those ring worlds are also weapons to destroy all life in the universe in case this certain life form gets out of control right uh, this new one is about like you know it's a prequel it's about the aliens that co- called Covenant they're a series of aliens and they, they're a group of aliens who all team together under Covenant under a banner and they're assholes they're religious zealots so it's always good killing re- religious zealots mm-hmm. uh, but the new games come out um, I'm, as I said about 80% of the way through um, it's very Halo it feels like the old game but you uh, Halo 3 gave you the option to hold two weapons Right. This one you you can never do that. You only have one weapon. So the strategy these are very balanced out. So if they, in the multiplayer, if you're playing and you have one gun, the guy's another gun. Depending on what you're holding, someone might have a higher percentage of killing the other guy. Right. But um, story wise, this game is quite interesting. It's, it's finally got interesting. Eventually, you're a nameless fucking guy. You're just Noble Six, no name. You're fighting against the Covenant. Reach the, the planet in Reach is a story. It, it's part of the Halo mythos that this planet gets glassed which means that its entire surface is destroyed. Right. So you're leading up to that. Now, I'm having a problem with it at the moment because it's not having enough story hooks. The previous ones always had a big story hook and a big kind of like, okay, you have defeated them, but they're not all against you and there's actually these other guys who are assholes, so beat them up. And, you know, they always had a very... It's a cinematic game. You can, At one point, you look up. You're standing in a, a canyon. You look up and there are giant fucking death stars beating the shit out of each other in the background. Right. It's amazing looking. Right, but um, it's leaving me a little cold so far. It means Halo, so it's always good to find a new thing to play with the mul- the, the campaign, the, the, the single player. Mm-hmm. But the multiplayer, I haven't tried yet because I don't really. I'm, I'm not in the mood to deal with twelve year olds cursing at me right now. <laughs> but it, it's again, it's a multimedia release. This is one of the things that I'll talk about in years to come. That you know, these are the games that beat movies. But I think movies in the long tail beat games. Yeah, but this sure. is a huge multimedia release. Uh, it's, and I bought the Legendary Edition which comes a little book which has got handwritten text in it as in like you know a, a supplementary material to the story that's beautiful marketing I'll show you the book in a minute it's brilliant it's just it's amazing but um, yeah the latest like multimedia crazy shit it's good 
Excellent. But uh, so try it out. But yeah, watch out for multiplayer. You'll be dealing with screaming twelve-year-olds. We should bring it now to the top tens for Malaysia and the US. Number ten in Malaysia: Old Cow versus Tender Grass. Still no fucking idea what that's about. Number nine: Boss, Boss Indira Baskaran. No Number idea. eight: Step Up Three. I've heard so much about this movie. This, like, as in this movie, even even like you know, critics, I respect saying this movie is interesting from a three D perspective. Even I'm, well, even the trailer, you can see that from the trailer that from a three D perspective, this movie would be pretty cool. I just, I just. I just can't no. do it. Yeah. <laughs> Number seven, Revenge, Revenge of King, King Cobra. Cobra. I hear this is awesome. Really? What, what was it's a, this? It's what a Thai it? movie. Is it yeah. martial arts? No, no, no. It's like a horror movie. Mm. Uh, and, and it's like an actual King Cobra, and they use like a real snake. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going to piss people off. It's Jaws with snakes. I don't know. I mean, like, I hear that like it's like like 80% of it, 90% of it is like a real snake. Uh, number six, Cats and Dogs, Revenge of Kitty Galore. Malaysia, what are you fucking doing? Number five, Four Madu. Umpat Madu. Number four, <laughs> scenario. Scenario Asam Garam. Asam's chicken, right? Asam, no. Or not I am. <laughs> That's. <laughs> Number three, devil. Which is. Wait, I gotta see. I wanna see. Number yeah. two, piranha. I wanna see that too, but not here. Number one, Resident Evil Afterlife. I think I can watch that here. Yeah. I wanna see an army of evil houses. <laughs> okay, number 10 in the US Eat, Eat pray, pray, love, love. Fuck, Fuck you off. <laughs> Number 9 The other guys Hey Swing by the way Swing by the way Number 8 Inception Clinging on there for dear life Number 7 The American Will yeah. not be seen by anyone who isn't Yeah Number 6 Takers I, I'm interested in seeing this movie Because I've seen the ads Fill my browser with their fucking JavaScript shit <laughs> For so long I just need to know what the fuck this is about Number 5 Alpha and Omega I read just no, just no, yeah. uh, Hayden Panatitia from Heroes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I see that the trailer for this looks bad. It looks really bad. Not bad, that's just bad. Number four, Resident Evil Afterlife. Number three, Devil. Number two, Easy A. Getting I want to see very that. good reviews. Yeah. Number one, The Town. Getting very good reviews. It's like 93 percent, ninety four percent. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's uh, even I'm, higher. I'm not in yeah, even higher percentage than Gone Would Be Gone. Wow. So uh, when that comes out here, we'll definitely go see it. It'll be out next month. Cool. Cool. So therein ends our podcast. If you made this far, please email us in the podcast at meapandfries to let us know you listened this far. Podcast at meapandfries.com. Thank you very much, people. Good night. We're out.